Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I claim this planet in the name of the Earth. Greeting, Earthlings. We have now taken over your radio. Hello and welcome to a podcast to be named later. My name is Wes Goldberg. With me on the other line, it's Chris Barnwell. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm still flying high. I'm like... I'm in that zone that only like bath salts in Miami can get you to. <laughs> what? Off that Josh Richardson did you, dunk. Did you earlier. go eat someone's face? <laughs> I just want to eat everybody's face right now. That Josh Richardson dunk has me so lit. Before we get into that, can we just kind of go into that whole bath salts thing again? Because my God, what the most Florida storyline of all time? It's a great line. It's a great. It's a great story. Yeah, I mean the guy. Well, of course. Did he smoke them or did he just eat them? You just, I think he's, he you smoked snort them, right? Them. He snorted them? Yeah. You can cool. snort them and eat them. So I think I think I remember, if I remember the news story right, he snorted them. I could be wrong. Because you could do both. Not that I know. <laughs> you, you weren't the face eater? I'm not the face I, eater. I'm not the face eater like, Miami zombie. But yeah, like people in Miami, they, didn't, they, were, they just weren't getting that fix that they needed off of the cocaine that they usually do. Um... Molly wasn't good enough anymore, so bath salts it is. <laughs> My favorite part was, like, after that story broke, like, ten, three or four more stories of people, like, snorting or smoking bath salts or whatever came out. Right, it's like, oh, you <laughs> and, can eat people's faces? Word, I right. want to do that. And then they all had the same exact reaction. <laughs> like, what Not that you... this is funny. We feel bad for the person whose face got eaten. No, off. it's hilarious. Okay, it's hilarious. Well... <laughs> So Josh Richardson does... So you can do bath salts, or you can just watch Josh Richardson, the rookie phenom from Miami. I love Josh Richardson. Like, that dude's fun. That dude's fun. And he's he's got, like, super long arms, like, longer than you think. And he's just kind of, like, rangy. And he, he had this, like, incredible steal earlier in the game where he... It was basically... I, th- I think it was him defending... Emmanuel Moutier and Nurkic, I want to say, was the one uh, setting the screen. And it was basically a two-on-one play where it was these, the two Denver Nuggets against Josh Richardson and only Josh Richardson. And he somehow defended both of them and then got the steal as Moutier was trying to pass it to Nurkic. And then just, like, took it down to the other side of the court. It was incredible. Like, this guy's a rookie. A second-round pick. My favorite play was the block late in the game, the really clutch one where he right. just, like posted it to the glass, and then Dwayne Wade came in right behind him and did it and smacked the ball as well, you know, for good measure. Yeah, you just got to make sure that ball gets nice and smacked. <laughs> Although, really, what I liked about uh, Richardson, I actually kind of liked him when he was in the draft. Like, mm-hmm. I remember writing a profile for him. I was like, oh, this guy, he could be some fun, possibly, like, fringe NBA player kind of right. guy. Then I saw him in Orlando Summer League with the Heat, and he was just good at Orlando Summer League. Like, everyone, like, obviously we're realizing how good this draft class is, but 
and all the rookies that were there were like pretty good. Even Frank Kaminsky was like, eh, but even he was had his moments and like among guys like Miles Turner and Stanley Johnson, he was like showing himself with like you said, those long arms. I remember one play, uh he just engulfed this uh offensive player in front of him. Like with his arms, and I was like, wow, this guy could really be something if he just kind of gets it together. And maybe it's just because Miami is really good at taking these players with like some talent and just really pulling that out of them, but he's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes it easier for the rookies like Winslow and Richardson, even like in Tyler Johnson last year and this year, and even Hassan Whiteside to an, uh, another degree. It's easier when you're surrounded by. Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, veterans that have that you don't have to be the core group, right? Like you, it's not where you're the Orlando Magic and you're basically relying on these young guys to show up and play every game. Like Richardson isn't doing this every night. Like he's doing it more often lately, but he's also like not in the scouting reports. He's not. He's new. This is. They're not asking him to do this. Like this is a pleasant surprise. This is just gravy, baby. That's all it is. <laughs> like. It's not, they don't need this to win. Like, they needed it tonight to win, but, like, in general, they didn't need it to win. And Justice Winslow is really the, the same thing. If What they need from Winslow is just to play great defense, rebound, um, make the extra pass, and that's what he needs to do, right? And that's what everybody knew about Winslow going into this team, into this season. And then if he scores 17 points like he had tonight, or 20 points like he had tonight, that's great. Um, but they don't expect it. They don't need it. So I think when you're able to just kind of you know, play just within the game, and if you just got a hot hand one night to just show out, then go for it. And that's what's great, and that's what makes these lasting impressions. It gets everybody super excited. Um, and I and I like it with, with the Heat, the Timberwolves to another degree. Like, they rely on their young guys, but they at least have some veteran guys around to kind of, you know, wrangle them in and just kind of show them how to do things. Like, there's something to be said about having those veterans to lead the rookies, and then the rookies can just show out sometimes. Right, and the heat of all organizations like understand this. Like, mm-hmm. as someone who grew up a Magic fan, I have an immense respect and jealousy of that franchise, just because the way they operate and the way they conduct themselves. Like, they don't have these issues that you see with other teams with their young players. Where if they if the Heat get a bust, like it's not doom and gloom for the next three years. Right. Like the Heat just move on to the next one. They drafted Michael Beasley, and they said whatever. Well, at least we got Mario Chalmers. Yes, we did get Mario Chalmers. Like, they're just a very well-ran organization, mm-hmm. and they know how to, like, raise these young players. They know how to use their veterans to their maximum potential. Like, just they are very good, and it's mm-hmm. always shocking to me how, like, they can completely ignore the draft all the time and then sign a Hassan Whiteside who hadn't been in the NBA for, what, what was it, three years? Right, two years. Two years? He had been in the NBA for two years and draft Josh Richardson in the second round and just freaking nail both. And they got Tyler Johnson last year, too. The same. Yeah, and they got Tyler Johnson. Right when they got Whiteside. Mario Chalmers was a second round pick. Like, they just. They completely abandoned the draft and they get these, like, late picks. Well, you know, the Heat. They, they, they pounce on opportunities. Even last year with Goran Dragic, love or hate the trade, they got value. They, they traded away basically nothing in their eyes of value for Goran Dragic, who was coming off of a third-team All-NBA. So 
they they don't really force the issue so much. They just pounce on opportunities when they're there. Like they see a Hassan Whiteside and they're like, we're gonna just jump on this. Tyler Johnson, Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, they're just gonna jump on the opportunity. They don't really force it. Which I think a lot of the good teams in the NBA do. Like you see the Celtics, they're not gonna force a trade just because they have a ton of draft picks. They're not gonna they're not gonna trade away value for less value just to just to make a move and try to get an all star. They're just gonna wait for the right opportunity. Joe right, Johnson at, is a great example with the Heat. Like they just they didn't make a move at the trade deadline that brought back anybody of real value, and then Joe Johnson just fell in their laps. Like this this idea that the Heat that things just fall in their laps all the time, it's because they position themselves and they that's what they do. They don't force the issue otherwise. Yeah, they just kind of like wait around and then like Pat Riley uses his ability to get whatever he wants to get what he wants at that moment because exactly. like. And just it's kind of a frustrating thing for like franchises that don't have that kind of personality that can command a meeting room, but mm. the Heat have it and they use it well. Like to go back to your point of like they don't they just kind of wait around until they can pounce on an opportunity. Justice Winslow was like projected to be like what the fourth pick in the draft mm-hmm. until like two days before it. So yeah, like and then he somehow fell past Charlotte and all those guys to. So, to the team that needed him most, which was really stunning. And right. to your comparison about uh, making trades, like uh, the Magic traded away Tobias Harris because he wasn't working out because they wanted to create cap room for this summer, which it sure feels like they're forcing the issue rather than just waiting around. So, Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's something to be said about taking a step back to take a step forward. And that the Heat did that, right? They did that in 2009. They took a step back to take a step forward because they knew what was happening. And they still had Dwayne Wade. (laughs) But they still had Dwayne Wade. But, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned that about Pat Riley, his ability to command a room, because a lot of people, a lot of of people will knock the heat saying, oh, they're just a free agent-oriented team, or they don't really, they don't value the draft, especially last year when they traded away two future first-rounders for Goran Dragic, who was set to be a free agent. Um, So they don't even care about the draft. Like, you can't build a team that way. But, I mean... I don't see Sam Presti commanding a room, and nothing to knock Sam Presti, but I don't see him commanding a room the way Pat Riley does, right? That's an obvious statement. The so, Heat, like, to kind of show how good Pat Riley is at getting at least in the room, every free agency that comes around, not just because they're Miami, he gets, like, the big name to at least listen to him. Right. Like, we know Kevin Durant is going to listen to Riley at some point, right? Right, he'll listen to him. Uh, who was it the Who was it the most recent time? It wasn't just LeBron. When, who was it this last summer, like, there's a player that... He at least like got to listen to him talk to them. It was a big name. I'm trying to remember who was available, and like everyone Carmelo knew Anthony? he wasn't. Was it Carmelo? I'm it sure Pat Riley's talked to Melo at some point, but it might have been Melo. Yeah. I, I just remember there was like a big name this summer where it was like, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's not going to sign with the Heat," but he he listened to them because right. of course he did. You have to. So, yeah, Josh Richardson. Amazing. He's he's really like this. He scored 22 points the other night. Um, the guy's good, and it's unfortunate that Bino Udri got um, injured for the season with a foot injury because he was playing pretty well for the Heat in the backup point guard role. But imagine if you're Richardson, like you're the 15th guy on the roster. You have Mario Chalmers ahead of you. They trade away Mario Chalmers, but Bino Udri comes in. So now you have Udri ahead of you. Udri gets injured. At basically All Star Break ish timing, and then you just have to play. And then he and this whole time people were talking about okay, once the Heat have some cap room, they're gonna probably sign a backup point guard. 
but they wanted to see what they had from Richardson first, and Richardson is just playing really well, and he's earned this backup point guard job. He's not only dunking, he's not only scoring, he's playing great defense, he's passing the ball well enough. Uh, he doesn't look lost out there like a rookie. I mean, just but it's it's crazy what he's doing right now. And I don't. it's obviously that he's not going to be shooting four or five from three-point range for the rest of the, his career, but or even the rest of the season, but it's really cool right now, especially right like in this time where players can start getting a little tired. It's nice to have like, these fresh legs that are really helping the Heat amp up for this playoff run. Yeah, like in Charlotte, uh, we've seen with uh, Frank Kaminsky lately, like he's been well within that rotation, and I think he's even started a couple times for most of the season, and you're starting to see right now he's getting tired. He's hitting that rookie wall that we always hear about. Well, sure, you have Richardson. He hasn't played all season. He's fresh, and right. he's coming off the bench. He's just thriving in it. It's really nicely. And really the most impressive part about it is he's a rookie, like a late second-round pick rookie, and he's not just like out there playing well. He's impacting the game. Right. Like a lot of rookies you go out there, they you see them, they're playing well. It's like, oh, he's playing well, but most of the time they're kind of a negative on the floor because of like defense or whatever. Like they don't impact or they don't swing the game one way or another. Like we saw tonight, he swung the game in the Heat's favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that dunk electrified the rest of the team and spurred a run for them. I mean, it was crazy. And if you haven't seen that dunk, go to friendlybounce.com. The dunk is right there. He dumped over the manimal. Well, like, and then Kenneth Free didn't play for the rest of the game. <laughs> he he dumped out uh, any talent that Kenneth Freed had. <laughs> he space jammed him. Space jammed him. Um, yeah, but you kind of mentioned it before. This rookie class is really—it's not only good, but it's really fun. Like, how much fun is Carl Anthony Towns to watch? Kristaps Porzingis, like he's hit a rookie wall of his own, but he's fun to watch. Um, Emmanuel Moutier was a lot of fun to watch tonight. Uh, there's just there's so many really good rookies that are also aesthetically pleasing, which is like a rare thing that I feel like we don't talk about a lot. Like that's Steph Curry's thing. Like he's really good, but he's also like fun to watch. Like he's in, he's easy on the eyes, and a lot of these rookies are just like easy. Right, like so many of them. Devin Booker, for instance, like mm-hmm. he just goes out there and fires three pointers, and that's fun to watch. You have very few Julia Locafors out there where basketball nerds like us are going to adore Julia Locafors post-game because I think a drop step is one of the coolest things ever. Oh, yeah. But, like, very few. But for a common fan to go out there and get to watch a Devin Booker or a Carl Anthony Towns, like, that's just the most fun thing in the world to see, like, out of a rookie. I think it's great because now you're going to get a lot of people that, you know, you have young fans like I was always a Heat fan, right? But I was I was always like a Dolphins fan first growing up until the Heat got Dwayne Wade, and I was like, you know, the Heat are like my number one team now because this guy's like awesome and he's fun to watch and he's doing things I've never seen like be done before. You know, as a Heat fan before League Pass, right? Like I've never seen somebody like that do that stuff in Miami. I so, was a uh, Magic fan like f- as far as I back as I can remember, like. Right, probably three to four years old. My earliest memories of me watching Magic games, so I was just like kind of like watching the Magic. But I think the first time like I ever was like, "Oh, dude, basketball is the best," was because of watching Tracy McGrady, because right. like the ease that he just went through the game and like the electric dunks, all the scoring, like it was fun to watch. Like that was like the whole like you with Wade. That was my I love basketball moment. Like so, this like, is my thing. For like Suns fans that maybe missed like those Steve Nash era Suns, right? Like young Suns fans. 
Devin Booker potentially could be, you know, that guy that gets them into like, you know what, maybe I'm not going to watch like the Arizona Cardinals today. I'll watch the Suns or whatever. Like puts the Suns in that upper echelon for them. And then, you know, the Knicks, like how, the Knicks have needed somebody fun to watch for years. Knicks you know, fans have never been happier. Knicks fans have never well, been Well, happier. until Kurt Rambis came around. Oh, boy. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt Rambis, killer of fun. <laughs> killer of fun. Excellent Twitter feed. <laughs> if you're not a Knicks fan. <laughs> Just so much, so much unintentional humor. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just the larger point, like, you're... You have a lot of fans now that are going to have like fun, electrifying players, and like it's this is so good for the NBA, you know? Because I think you and I, like, you know, you're admittedly a Magic fan. I'm very admittedly a Heat fan. Like, we root for our teams, but you know, you and I are more like fans of the NBA in general too. You know, like we get a lot of joy out of just watching the NBA, but we also get a lot of joy out of being like dorks about the NBA. Most people don't. So for them to have somebody just like a hometown hero to latch onto and just bring them into the NBA for like the next decade. Plus, is really good for the league, especially when it's like fourteen teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, like there's very few Brooklyn Nets teams out there. Like even the Sixers, like they're hard to watch, but there's so many young guys on there where he's like, you can like, like you've seen it with the Process fans. It's like right. I can buy into this guy, and he will hopefully bring me some fun. Like there are very few teams out there, like the Nets, or well, I guess now that the Lakers are playing D'Angelo Russell, they're not in that status anymore. Yeah, no, D'Angelo Russell's a blast to watch. And Larry Nance Jr. Yeah, there's just, there's so few franchises and teams out there where, like, you watch them, it's just like, ugh, who is there to even watch right now? Yeah, like, Nuggets fans love Emmanuel Moutier right now, and Gary Harris, right? And and Nurkic and all these guys. Um, and that, yeah, you're right. There's very few teams, and they're all young. Like, that's like they're young players. Like, even Lakers fans are still going to be watching Kobe for the rest of the season, and they have D'Angelo Russell to go to. Like, there's... It's a the the league is in a really good like fun place right now, and I'm like super excited for the next few years. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a really 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 great place for with a chance to grow. Speaking of great places for people to be in, Drake, what are you doing, brother? <laughs> he was in the perfect spot <laughs> to cause a five second violation for Chicago. So you was it Bobby Portis inbounding it? It wasn't right. Uh, I thought it was Jimmy Butler. Okay, it was Jimmy Butler. Okay, sure. Was it? I need to. I, we should have done our research. <laughs> this is a re- research-free zone. All right, Drake, where you at? So, for those that don't nah. know, last last night uh, when uh, I'm pulling up the video now. Um, yeah, it doesn't even say. I have no idea who this player is. Straight wow. up. So for those who uh, didn't watch, who didn't watch last night, who is this guy? Wow, you're, you're, <laughs> I'm pretending that I'm not pulling up a basketball reference right now. <laughs> Justin Holiday. When did how'd you know? Justin how'd Holliday? you know? Um, <laughs> when uh, who cut him? Oh, the Hawks cut him, right? Right, the Hawks cut him. Oh, wait, no, they didn't cut him. They traded him for Kirk Heinrich. And then whoever got okay, so think Justin think Holiday's on the Bulls now. I'm, I feel bad for not remembering that off the top of my head. Um, I like Justin Holiday, But anyways, for those that didn't uh, watch last night, the Raptors were in a very close contest with the, with the Bulls. And the Bulls were trying to inbound the ball. Mm-hmm. And they had a five-second violation, which that happens every once in a while. What's great about this, though, is 
while Justin Holiday is trying to inbound the ball, Drake's standing behind him and just kind of in his in his ear, kind of whispering in his ear, Not whispering, whispering, whispering little, like, whispering little sweet nothing in his ear. No, he's whispering sweet nothings. <laughs> just little lyrics off of um, take take care. <laughs> just little take care like lyrics that I wrote when he was. Do you, do you think he was rapping his new his next album to him and Justin was like, oh, this is fire. <laughs> I've heard, I've I've seen this speculated on Twitter a little bit. Um, it's very possible and it's an extremely good idea because you know that like every NBA player has heard like every Drake song. So for, cause it's all that plays in arenas and practices, you know what I mean? And on team buses. So, right. you know, like Justin's always sitting there. He's like, yo, what's he spitting right now? I've not heard this. Oh crap. It's been five seconds. Like. <laughs> In reality, he's probably just counting down early. You know the classic fan thing. Like if he's just like like seeing Jumpman in his ear. Even Jumpman, Jumpman, like, Jumpman. You gotta he's get just this saying all Jumpman in. six times in a row. Like, even that is genius. Like you're just getting this little live Drake show, just you and him. Of course, you're gonna have a five second rule violation. Yeah, that that's worth a five second violation. Honestly, totally worth it. This brings up the larger point, though. Two points for me. Why were those courtside seats over there? Because it looks like they're, it's like separating the scores table. Right? Like it's in the middle. Like if you, ever, if you look at that video again, it's like you have two scores tables and these courtside seats right in the middle. Like it's a weird place for courtside seats. All right? Number one problem. Number two problem. People should not be allowed to be doing that. I don't care if it's Drake or just like dude with like the Mercedes rolling up and with the wood seats. I don't I don't care who it is. They can't be like standing up behind the dude yelling things at him. Like a referee's got to step in and be like, "Chill." Well, I disagree there. Well, I just have just now noticed that weird that weird scores table thing. I've never seen that. That's just weird. I don't know how I've not noticed that. Well, I guess they well, really Drake's wanted to put course seats there. Second violation, I guess that's why. But anyways, as far as that, fans yell stuff there all the time. Like Earlier this season um, in Charlotte, a fan actually – actually, they've had multiple issues this season with courtside idiots. Um, one guy, like, stood up to Kevin Durant and got a, a red card for uh, – uh, what was it? I don't remember what it was for standing up. It was basically like a – it was a warning. It was like, if you do this again, you're going to be ejected from the game. Right. But like, you can't eject Drake from the game. <laughs> well, if he – that actually leads me to my next thing. And then a later point in Charlotte, a fan actually touched LeBron, immediately ejected. Right, which like makes just, sense. He, he just poked him. And I was like, nope, you're out. Like, you fans are not allowed. You can't. Right. My, my thing is, if you're in, if you have those seats, that's great for you. But you should, like, keep your butt in that seat. Like, I don't mind if you're yelling at the guy, but he, like, you can't be, like, out of your seat while there's stuff happening on the sidelines. Right? But I, this happens all the time. That's my problem. Like, fans yell can't stuff. Can't be happening all the time. You gotta just sit down. It's not like this happen. It's not like this particular incident happens all the time. I'm just saying, fans get up and they yell things in their ears all the time. Like it's up to the player. Like the player has to ignore that, unless you're that initial. You're that weird guy who thought Kevin Durant was going to no lie sucker punch him. <laughs> you, you just need like boundaries. Is all I'm saying. Like. 
it's cool that they have the courtside seats. I'm like, it's it's great. That's like a cool experience. That experience does not get better for the person if they're able to stand and yell at a player. Like I just I, like behave is all I'm saying. I feel like this probably happens literally on every inbound, and the only reason we noticed it is because it was Drake this, in this particular. And it caused a five second violation, and that's what I'm saying. Like it should not. You, I don't care if it keeps ha- it. Just because it happens a lot doesn't make it right. I just think that you should be able to, you should be able to get that close to the guy. I will say that he did like lean in, like that was a little much. Like he's not just like yelling stuff at him; he's like leaning in there. Even so, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not hating the player here. I'm hating the game, right? Like I want to make that clear. Like I have nothing against Drake doing this. It's with clearly it's within his rights, right? Like I just don't think that I think the rules should be a little bit stricter for just. Wait, is he a partial owner? He's um, in charge of Toronto Raptors marketing or something. Like, are she, are you as an employee of the team allowed to do that? Oh, that's a good question. Now that now that might be a problem, actually. Well, I think you can, right? Because you see coaches yelling stuff all the time at players. Well, right, but you don't see coaches getting up and whispering sweet nothings into Justin Holiday's ear. <laughs> like, can you imagine if if Dwayne Casey just walked up and started whispering stuff to him? Like that'd be that'd probably be a tech. He's the uh, global ambassador. Uh, Drake, Drake's immune. Probably the NBA probably gave him like an immunity clause. Like, have you seen uh, which Lethal Weapon is it? Lethal Weapon Two. If is that the diplomatic immunity one? Yeah. Like Drake has diplomatic immunity, and it will not Dude, be. This revoked. guy's like he's like playing. Like I'm just looking at a picture right now. You shouldn't get the, You shouldn't be this close. He's like playing. He could like grab that ball from Justin Holiday and inbound it himself. Maybe that's what Justin Holiday wanted him to do. Yo, Drake's like as big as Justin Holiday. He's not. Like he's as tall as Justin Holiday. He's like he is not wider than Justin Holiday. Drake can take that. Justin that is Holliday. just the angle. He is definitely not. All right. Either way, he's way too close. Like he's in the game. So, all right, we're not gonna agree on that. Um. I think we can agree on something else, though. Fun teams to watch that are not in the playoffs. You and I hinted towards this on the last podcast that we did. Um, never got to it. And we're going to do it now. So we have a few more games left. Uh, about 15 to 17 games per team-ish, kind of, sort of. Yeah, like, pretty much anyone that's under 50%. Right. So we know what teams are going to be in the playoffs for the most part. Uh, there's a few a few spots in the air. Seedings are not quite clear. But, you know, we're going to get to watch those teams for like another month, two months, whatever, all the way until the NBA Finals for two of them. But some of these teams we're going to be saying goodbye to in just a few weeks, right? Yeah, it's so, like 32 days or whatever. So, you know, we're going to take a moment, pour one out for all of them that we actually enjoy watching that we're not going to be able to watch anymore. Do you want to start? Yeah, I'm going to start with the Chicago Bulls. No, no. <laughs> as long as Drake's just yelling stuff at him on the sidelines, I'm in. <laughs> the, Sign the me up. <laughs> While they still might be able to make the playoffs, I'm I'm going to be, be bummed and no longer be able to watch Washington. Because okay. John Wall, just, he makes that team. Yeah. Like, John, like, they still might make the playoffs. Like, they still have a decentish chance. They got to go on one heck of a run and get some luck, though. 
But like, yes, John has won't. their BPI at four percent, so it's going to be have to be one heck of a run. I'm surprised it was that low. I thought they were kind of in it for that eighth seed, but yeah. According to they their, lost. They lost a really bad game to Denver the other night. Yeah, they're beating the Pistons tonight, though. That game's probably over by now. Right, so that'll drop the Pistons to forty losses, and the Wizards will have yeah, thirty nine. Still like three games back of Chicago, so yeah. Wow, this I really don't see how they're gonna make it. Honestly, I think they just have too much ground to make up. So which, for the purpose of this exercise, we'll say that they don't make it. We're gonna miss watching John Wall and Bradley Beal when he's healthy. Yep, and we don't get to see playoff Otto Porter. <sighs> Damn. <laughs> so, um, no, no more how much does this team change over the offseason? Washington? Yeah. I wonder if they're going to fire, if they're going to finally fire Randy Whitman. Hmm. You'd think they would, but we've been saying that for like the last, what, two years now? <laughs> they will never fire him. <laughs> He's like the Andy Reid of the NBA. <laughs> when he does get fired, I'll be like, wow, they actually did it. <laughs> what? And then he goes somewhere else. Great hire. Great hire. Um, I'm going to miss watching Milwaukee. A lot. They've been, they've been fun lately. They weren't fun at the beginning of the year. They've been fun lately. They were disappointing early in the year. But with Giannis coming on like he's coming on right now, Jabari Parker's cool. Uh, Chris Middleton has been fun to watch all season. I will always enjoy watching Chris Middleton. Jason Kidd is low-key one of my favorite coaches in the NBA. I just think what he does with his lineups is super interesting and fun and just is different. He's just He kind of coaches at a different rhythm than I think a lot of other coaches do, which is just, for me, enjoyable to watch. He's running Giannis Antetokounmpo at point guard. Like, who else does that? <laughs> right? Like, and like, he's really thriving. I, I really like Jason Kidd as a head coach. Um, so, I don't know how many titles are going to win Jason Kidd as that coach, but I just enjoy him coaching an NBA team. And I'm glad that it's this team with so many like interesting pieces that he can kind of mold into whatever roster he wants to turn this thing into. Um, I'm going to really miss watching Milwaukee. I am too, although I'm curious about this core because mm-hmm. Middleton, Parker, and Giannis are all very good. Mm-hmm. But are they going to be good enough to like be contenders or are they just going to be this generation's Hawks? Not that there's anything wrong with being the Hawks. You mean like, like the old Hawks, right? Like the Joe Johnson Hawks. The Joe, right. The ones that always got to the second round and that's all they could do, which honestly, mm. there's nothing wrong with that. Do you realize, ask a Kings fan if they would not mind making the second round, but but they have to lose in it every single time. It would be they great for Milwaukee. It. I don't know. I just, I think that, that whole question really depends on how good can Giannis really be. Is he always going to be kind of this raw, interesting thing? of a player or is he at some point going to get to like this, this next level where he's kind of more polished and has it all together and more and can just consistently do it for 82 games. I don't know. Right. And his, like his jump shot's still kind of a piece of work, but everything else he's been doing lately is just really incredible. If he's like a, if he's just this weird point forward thing and Chris Middleton is hitting jumpers and Jabari Parker's just scoring all over the floor and, they have Greg Monroe in the post to do some stuff, and they. I don't think Monroe's going to be around long term. What? I don't think Monroe's going to be around long term. I don't think so either. But they, it's interesting, right? Like, I don't know. I think I, I like that. I like that relationship to the Hawks, though. I like that that comparison. Like, if 
they might just have like three B plus players. Right, and maybe one, maybe Parker or Antakumpo breaks out more. I don't think Middleton's going to get much better. Like, I think he'll still get better, but I don't think he's going to like change as a player. Like Parker or Middle or Antakumpo could like really get even better, get even better. Yeah, and like that might change this. That might change their outlet, their outlook. But right now, I see like as this core, them just second round it out. Do they have their draft pick? Um, I don't know. Well, while you look at that. Okay, your turn. <laughs> as weird as it is, I'm going to miss watching Sacramento. I love watching Sacramento. I've always loved watching Sacramento. They are like one of my favorite late night league pass teams. Mm-hmm. I like watching Demarcus Cousins. Like, which how can you not? That they dude. Their, by the way, they have their pick. Draft Express has them taking Buddy Heald from Oklahoma. At number nine, so they're gonna. So, have, they have a lottery pick, so Milwaukee could still. They're gonna get a good player here, or they could. I anyway. assume they would take a, a point guard. You would think, right? Right. Um, that anyway. Draft Express right now they're just doing like that. That's just a hard like. Yeah, power they just ranking. Go off their rankings. Yeah, that's just a ranking of this is who this player like currently is. But they'll have a lottery guy. pick, so. But yeah, I agree with you on uh, on Sacramento. I mean, I really. I mean, I live in California, and so I get to see a lot of Sacramento games. Um, and they are one of my favorite. Like, they're one of like the last teams on League Pass usually, and like their games tend to go long. I feel like like when after the Warriors are done and the Trailblazers are done, like the Kings usually still have like six minutes yeah, they, left. They always seem to be the last team in the night. Yeah, so you know, Demarcus Cousins, like, sign me up. Um, and I really liked watching George Carl on the sidelines. There's just something about him. Like you just, it's like Stan Van Gundy. You just want him to be coaching somewhere. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah, they're great. I just, for me, I, I watch so much Sacramento. Like starting early in the year, that you're not gonna miss them that much. Yeah. Like I'm just kind of like over it, especially after this like last like. The, the soap opera is, like, kind of fun to talk about, but it's, like, annoying as hell. Oh, I'm sick watch. of the off-court soap opera, but, like, on the court, like, I've always enjoyed it watching. what's on the court, though. I've just always had a weird... I don't know what it... I really enjoy these mediocre teams. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever it is about them, about a team that's mediocre, there's, there's a storyline to them. There's usually something, like, they're flawed, but they're not the... But they're not, like, horrible. Right. Like in Sacramento, they're always one of those mediocre teams where like they're just good enough to like be entertaining, mm-hmm. but just bad enough to not matter. And like, I, I'm probably the only person in the world that actually like loves watching Rudy Gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only person in the world. Like, Rondo's weird in a fun way at times. Like he makes stupid passes, and they're great. Like I just I really enjoy watching Sacramento. Rondo's a hate watch. I like I like Sacramento. I like Omri Caspi. Like in a weird, I kind of like his like weird like doesn't do anything really well other than three point shooting. But he yeah, like, Caspi, doesn't do anything bad either. Caspi's fun because like he's also good now. He just seems like the perfect Toronto Raptors player. <laughs> he just doesn't he doesn't do anything that's gonna kill the team. But he doesn't really do anything that's like perfectly great. But um, I like Caspi. I obviously love Boogie. But like I said, this like. Like what you were talking about with 
teams that are like moderately good but flawed. Like their flaw is just so obvious, like that they just hate everybody hates each other and that the organization just can't. That can ruin it at times. They like, can't figure out how to put one foot in front of the other. It that's what ruins it for me because I maybe just because I feel so much for Boogie, I just want him to be happy. But those moments, happy. those moments where Cousins like, no, we're going to win, and just takes yeah. over a game. It's just it's some of the best basketball you can watch. Oh, absolutely. And, and by the way, and I just Cousins real- has been like next level fun to watch this season, and I do feel bad for anybody that doesn't stay up and watch those Kings games. By the way, I just realized uh, while looking at uh, ESPN's BPI index, uh, they're actually projecting records here. So earlier, like I was like, "Oh, uh, Washington is like at these losses compared to Chicago," without realizing that that's their projected losses. So. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so just keep in mind, everybody, we don't know anything. Nope, not a thing. Nothing. So another team that I'm going to miss watching, and I don't think we talked about doing this about two weeks ago, like this little segment that we're doing right now. I wouldn't have said this team, but I'm saying it now. The Phoenix Suns. No way. This little... I really like Devin Booker. I really like watching Devin Booker. And if he's playing like this, I'm going to miss watching Devin Booker. I'm going to have a Devin Booker-sized hole in my heart until next season. I will never miss watching the Suns for one reason and one reason only. I've never watched a team give less of a crap in a game that I've had to write about than the Suns when they played the Hornets. Mm -hmm. It was just, oh my god... Like, it was the most embarrassing performance I've ever seen. And just, I was, like, insulted that I even had to watch it. When was that? It was 90s night. Oh, where it's, like, a week ago. Yeah, like, it was okay. fairly That's recent. what I'm saying. I wouldn't have said this a week ago. But I'm saying it today because I really thought, I think Devin Booker is kind of doing some fun stuff. They're giving him, they're just letting him go crazy. Like, they're just giving him the ball and say, just go be Devin Booker. I just don't think he overcomes a team that just there are times where they just don't mm-hmm. care in the slightest. Like there's just been too many games where I've put on Phoenix and I'm like, oh, they chose not to play today. And it's embarrassing to watch. So just I can't I can't watch them. I won't miss this. Do you have another team that you're gonna miss? Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. I think that's pretty the that's like the obvious one, right? Like everybody yeah. Likes watching Carl Anthony Towns and Zach Levine. And Andrew Wiggins. And Ricky Rubio. Right, like, there's nothing to not enjoy watching. I am so excited for them to... I'm glad this season's going to be over for them, though. Like, I agree that I'm going to miss watching those players, but I'm excited that the season's going to be over because it gives them a chance to figure this out, maybe get a new head coach, and get this team kind of going out of this kind of dark haze that they were in this season. Yeah, like it's been disappointing to for Minnesota. Like, they lost their coach at the beginning of the season, which right. just that's just awful. Yeah. Like, and then they had to throw Sam Mitchell into the situation. A lot of Minnesota fans are not happy with Sam Mitchell at all, and I can understand that. But at the same time, he's just running. He's just sticking to status quo. He's running flips offense. He's running, like he's just focusing on pure development. Like, he has not even come close to trying to win. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that means they should keep him. I don't think he's a great coach. But at the same time, like, just this entire season has been a mulligan for them outside of development. And that's disappointing. He's just kind of, he's doing what his job was going into this season. Just kind of being an assistant coach. 
Right. Like, he got thrown into the head coach position, like, yeah. what, three days season. before the season? That's a tough position for them, but we're going to miss them. Um, They've still been fun at times. Like, they just beat they beat the Oklahoma City Thunder the other day. Right. Like, they they lose close games, right? They're not, like, getting blown out every night. Um, They get blown out every they once in a while. They get blown out every once in a while, but they, they've lost a lot of close games. They're a team that I like to throw. Like, when I'm skimming through League Pass, I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm looking for a game to, like, hold me over until the one I actually want to watch starts. I'll throw in a Wolves game. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, any other teams that you're really... I'm not going to really miss watching New York. Um, uh, I would have said yes. I would have missed watching New York early in the season. Kurt Rambis has ruined that. Yeah. yeah. I won't miss watching New Orleans. Like, I know they have Anthony Davis. I'm not going to miss watching them either. But I know they have Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis is awesome, but I hated that roster when they put it the, when the last season. I hate it now. I really dislike that they brought everyone back. And now it's just depressing to watch the fact that they have Omer Sheik and Alexa Jinka assigned to four-year contracts, and they're stuck there. I'm happy and, that the Lakers season is going to be over because this Kobe thing is like starting to bother me. It's it's his swan song. Let him finish it out. I, I will. I am nobody to tell him not to do it. He doesn't know I exist. But I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm like good not watching it. Like, it's fine that it's happening. I'm just good not watching it. I'm kind of I, over it. I enjoy watching D'Angelo Russell. I'm, mm-hmm. I can enjoy a Kobe game every once in a while. So, I will, I will miss Kobe for a little, not a whole bunch, but a little, just a little bit. Like I'm not one of those people that are like are like, oh man, I'm gonna miss Kobe so much. But I, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed him as a player. So other teams we haven't mentioned: Orlando, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, Denver. <laughs> I'm a Magic fan, and I won't miss watching. <laughs> It's it's a bummer. They were fun at the beginning of the season, but if, then uh, if ever you get sad about Orlando not being around anymore, just put on your Aaron Gordon highlight reel and just that dunk with the bowl of popcorn. I'm so glad that dunk contest happened because Aaron Gordon's like broken out ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. He's a lot of fun. I'm excited for what they do next if they can kind of reformulate that team and just kind of figure out what which which one of these young guys that they want to hang their hats on. If they could figure that out, then it's going to be Gordon or Oladipo. What? It's going to be Gordon or Oladipo. Well, it could be both, right? Right, but like one guy has to be the star. Yeah, I just I don't think Aaron Gordon's ready to be the guy, right? Like I could see Aaron Gordon in like a Zach Levine type position where he's there, he's involved, he's clearly part of the future, but he's not the guy, right? I don't know. Like the way he's developing, he could very much be the guy in a few years. In a few years, not now. Oh yeah, no one can be the guy right now. Like that's the that's the problem with Orlando's. Yeah. Like we keep every year it's the same thing with them. It's like you know if things fall in the right places, they can like become a they can be a real legitimate playoff team. And then oh look, they're not all that good. Do you think? Do you think Tobias Harris, Victor Oladipo, and Aaron Gordon can? Well, not Tobias Harris anymore. I'm not. Who am I thinking of? The point guard, Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton. I personally think that. I think Elfer Payton and Oladipo can work together, even though right now just it's not. Mm-hmm. It just it depends on if one of them can get a jump shot, right. and maybe that's the issue. Maybe it's because they just don't have enough shooting on the floor right now, and maybe that means they have to get rid of Payton eventually. Because while I love Payton's game, he's kind of like the clear not as good player right now. Right. But at the same time, like even on defense, where like that's supposed to be his key, he's not. 
he's not as good on that end as he was last season. Now it might just be like sophomore blues and next year he'll be fine, but is that a term, sophomore blues? Sophomore slump? Yeah, I guess sophomore slump works better. You do sophomore blues. It's kind of like a musical ring to it. Yeah, let's make it sophomore blues. Starting now, it's officially sophomore blues. Sophomore blues, starting now. It's done. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm really excited for the playoffs, though. Talking about teams that like are going to actually be in it. I think this is going to be a good one. I think the East is not wide open, but like interesting enough where it's gonna. there's going to be some good series... I think if the West falls into what we're hoping, which could be Golden State and Oklahoma City in the second round, San Antonio and the Clippers in the second round, that could be a lot of fun. I'm just excited to watch Damian Lillard do whatever he's going to do in the first round. I'm excited for these playoffs. I think. Yeah, I am too. I, I'm really excited for Charlotte being in the playoffs because Charlotte's been like waiting for a good team forever. Like I saw, kind of saw it tonight when they were playing Dallas. They ended up losing, which snapped a winning streak. But the arena was getting loud. It was getting electric. Like they are excited about this team, which is really cool to see. And the team is really fun to watch. It looks like right now they're in a matchup with Atlanta, which would be an interesting series. Just a lot of three point shooting, right? Really, I'm kind of interested whether they play Miami, Atlanta, or Boston, whoever they play. Like, I think it's going to be fun. I like that. I like the young. I it. I like the core that they have. I hope that they can keep it together with Batum being a free agent. Um, they have to resign Matt. They have to max out Batum. They have to. Like and he's worth it. And I just it's. So, I don't know. My my. I don't know so if he's how worth- they pivoted right from. The, the big lineups that they were playing to the, the spread out small lineup, they just pivoted so seamlessly. I mean, it helps that they got Frank Kaminsky in the draft. They were able to pivot into like this this new kind of thing that works with like Kemba Walker driving and kicking and Jeremy Lin doing the same thing. Like it's a it's cool. It's fun to watch. Right, and but the reason they need to give Batum that max and like I don't know if he's worth it on like other teams, but Kemba Walker, like as good as as he's been this season, he's been fantastic. All of his best numbers have come with Batum on the floor next to him because Batum is so good at drawing in defenders and creating the offense himself that Kemba doesn't have to do everything, which has been like his problem throughout his entire career. Is like he had to do everything. He was right. the only creator. Now with the other creator next to him, he's like been thriving. Like you can't let that go away. Right, you can't. And I like and I like the the future of uh, Batum and and MKG. I think that's like uh, a nice, so like, sad. rangy wing pairing. I'm so sad MKG's hurt. I know. But next year. Like, I like Charlotte this year already. Like, I always en- I wa- I enjoy watching them this season. Next season, when everybody's healthy and another year under them and maybe make some moves in free agency, they're going to be a lot of... They're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be good. If, if As long as they don't screw it up. <laughs> well, there, there's always potential to screw it up. There's always potential to screw it up. But um, You know who... Doesn't want to, Toronto doesn't want to see Chicago in the playoffs for so many reasons. And I'm like terrified that Chicago is going to like. I'm terrified one of two things is going to happen. Chicago's going to go on a run and make it the seven seed, or Cleveland's going to fall and Toronto's going to grab the one seed. Even though that probably won't happen, but like let's say that does happen. Then Chicago grabs the eight seed and Toronto loses in the first round to Chicago. No, Toronto can't lose to Chicago because they have Drake yelling things at Chicago's <laughs> players now. They, they figured it that, out tonight. They figured that didn't it out. stop them tonight. They still lost. That's true. You ruined my joke. It's fine. 
They lost by two. It, it made Chris Barnwell joke runner. <laughs> all right, well, let's just end the podcast there then, since we just run all the jokes. Um, thanks for listening to a podcast to be named later. Uh, find this podcast and many other great podcasts over at uh, Blog Talk Radio on the Hardwood Paroxysm Basketball Podcast Network. You can find my writing and Chris's writing at hardwoodproxism.com, friendlybounce.com. Check out Friendly Bounce for all of your highlights and all of your Bay Indexes and all of your fun, cool stories. And definitely follow them on Twitter because you got to. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks, Chris. Later, Wes. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.